Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. situation in the east lord and around israel and we ask in the name of jesus that you would intervene lord we ask lord that that you would minister to people in the time of chaos in the time of crisis lord that you draw men unto yourself god in jesus name we pray for all those that are stuck and those that are in in desperate moments lord we ask that they would, as they call on your name that they would experience your saving grace right there lord and your peace right there lord in the name of jesus and above all, Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come in that place, Lord, and that your name will be glorified in Jesus' name, Lord. And we thank you for the team in India, Lord, and um, the guys up in Somaliland, and we commit them to your grace right now. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your power. And your word says that as we follow you, that signs and wonders will follow us. So signs and wonders will follow us. And we thank you that as they minister there, that signs and wonders will follow, that you would confirm your word, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We trust, Lord, for each of those teams, Lord, that they would know your presence, that would know your protection and your favor, and that truly your name will be exalted, and that many souls will come to Christ, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks so much. Let's keep praying for them. I just got news now that the, the Hearn family, um, they managed to get to the airport safely, and they should be flying out um, um, tomorrow, like half past one or something in the morning, to, in a few hours' time. So let's just continue to trust that they would uh, travel safely. Amen. Hallelujah. We were at such a great time. Philip and I were at the pastor summit of all the shofar pastors coming together. Uh, in Hermanus this week, and um, unfortunately our families were not able to go, but it was still great to be together with um, a big part of the leadership of our of our movement, and and it's such a beautiful place. Although they also have problems down there, guys. It's not it's not all it's not all great. It, obviously they had floods, and now there's water issues because of the floods damaging the pipes. So we had a couple of days in Hermanus, and we didn't have, have any water. So that was interesting, but it was still a great time, and I'm so I'm so encouraged by what God is doing in our congregations across the globe, and also encouraged to see what God is, how God is connecting us with different parts of the body of Christ. And so, yeah, it's um, keep praying for our leaders. Um, it's just it's just amazing to see what God is doing. Amen. All right. So we um, a couple of weeks ago, I. Talking about us being a channel, channel, being channels of the grace of God, and I want to kind of continue a little bit in that uh, thought, in that vein. Um, and if you remember, the the image that I had that the Lord showed me was of this massive dam, full of the grace of God, full of the love of God, full of the glory of God, and everything that godliness entails, everything that salvation entails, stored up in this huge reservoir, and then. And then us being the sluice, sluice, sluice gates, 
and that, that the water and this, this glory of God is meant to go through us to the world that is dry and is in need of, of life. And that's what the Scripture speaks of, rivers of living water flowing from our innermost being. And the image that I had was that some of these sluice gates were stuck or rusted or blocked or for various reasons not letting through much water. And uh, we chatted about a whole bunch of things that, you know, that keep us from being those channels. And I just want to go on a little bit on that um, and really trusting that the Lord will show us what are the things that are holding us back from really being those channels of the grace of God. I mean, because we have this, we have the answer, I mean, we have, we have already received the blessing of God um, and there's so many outside, there's so many that are in desperate need, that are in darkness, that are hopeless, that are in despair. And we carry with us, in Christ, we carry with us the answer the, to what they need. Amen. So we look, if you remember, we looked at um, Genesis 12. I just want to recap that one, um, where the Lord speaks to Abraham. And this, this promise is just as much relevant to us today as we are in Christ, as we are in the new covenant, but also, you know, as we are the descendants of Abraham and the faith, him being the father of the faith. Let's see what God tells him. He says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you can have retire in peace at the beach. <laughs> no, <laughs> often, you know, we treat the blessing of God like that, you know, that it's just, it stops with us, the blessing of God or the prosperity that we receive from Him or the goodness of God in our lives. But He says, I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will, and, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And then He says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The purpose, the, the blessing of the Lord on our lives, the presence of God in our lives, the salvation that we have in Christ, we receive for a purpose. Amen. It's not for us just to make it. It's not for us to survive. It's not for us just to make it into heaven. There's a purpose in what we receive from Him. And we're meant to be channels of this great grace that we have received, that we will be a blessing to those around us, that we, that in us, through us, through our lives, Families will be blessed. People around us will be blessed. Are you with me? Okay, so we looked at that, and then we looked at Proverbs 18, and I just want to stand still here a little bit. Um, the, the, the role that our confession plays, the role that, what, that is played by what we choose to say about our situation, what we choose to say over ourselves, over our family, over our work, over our community, what do we choose to, what comes out of our mouths, Amen. Okay, now I know I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are all very positive people. And, but sometimes I get negative. And I'm tempted to say negative stuff. <laughs> uh, but let's just see what Proverbs 18 says here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. And then the Amplified Version says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it expounds a bit. And those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of their words. And the, the Scripture says that the, the brings forth life or it brings forth death. And, and often I, th I believe we don't really think about it like that. 
we don't recognize when something we say has a potential to produce death. We don't necessarily think about when I'm encouraging somebody or I'm building somebody up. I don't realize that I'm actually prophesying life now. I'm actually producing life by what I'm saying over somebody. But there's such a power that God has given us. When you know when the Lord created the universe, He spoke it into being. In a similar way, our words have creative power. Amen? Are you with me? Uh, and I want to stand still there for a moment. So, you know, you've, we've heard often you know, that you shouldn't believe everything that you hear. Amen? And these days we have fake news. The other day, my sister, so they live in Cape Town, both of my sisters, and she's put on our family group. It's snowing on Cape Town. It was here somewhere in September. And we're like, oh, that's hectic, you know, that's cold. And here we already have summer. And then my other sister says, it's not snowing on Cape Town, it's fake news, you know. And she was, what, is it, is it real, is it fake, how do you know, you know. And they're like, but these guys, you can't just believe anything, I mean. Uh, similarly, you can't just believe everything on a meme or anything on social media or anything on the news. You can't believe everything. Are you with me? You agree? Maybe? Halfway? Um, but I want to add to that. I want to say, don't believe everything you think. Don't believe everything you think. We have, this is one of the only powers, one of the only weapons that the enemy has still. He's been disarmed by Jesus. He's been defeated at the cross. And one of the biggest weapons that the enemy still has is that he's the father of lies. And he's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that accuses us. He's the one that plants lies in our mind. And he's the one that that sends thoughts, and he can do that. He can put thoughts in our mind that are not from God, that are destructive, and that are, that are meant to, to produce death, okay? So don't believe everything you think. <laughs> you know, if he can, if he can con convince us to believe something about ourselves, because this is how it works. We think something, and we think about it enough, and we, it, you know, we meditate on it in our heart, and we start to believe something. And once we started believing something, we thought about it, we've kind of had this thing milling around in our mind, and then we believe it. And once we believe it, we, we start to confess it, we speak about it. And the, what we believe in our hearts, what we think in our minds, and believe in our hearts, channel, produces what we say, the words that we say, and ultimately also what we do. Amen? So if we're not taking, paying attention to what's going on, in our thoughts and in our hearts, that can lead to us speaking death and actually then ultimately walking in something that's not of God. And um, so firstly, we need to recognize what are these lies and accusations and things the enemy is throwing at us. And the, and the scripture there speaks about us taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Amen? And actually... Um, before you kind of start mulling around that, that thought, to actually recognize this is not of God. This is a destructive thought. This is not the truth. But it's difficult to do that if I'm not equipped with the truth. It's difficult to discern, is this a lie or is this the truth, if, I do not, if I'm not equipped with the truth of the Scripture. So that, this, the second part of what we need to do is replace those lies with the truth of Scripture and speak those truths over ourselves, over our situation, 
over our families, over our workplace, over the challenge that you're facing at work or in your family. And this is so, so cool, you know, when we have discussions with our kids, they're not at the age where you can have discussions. It's interesting, you know, because it's still interesting range, you know, from Emily is still seven and Abby is 12. So you can have very interesting discussions and then some, sometimes he's got these random contributions that like just make you laugh, you know, so it's really cool. But sometimes, the, you know, the, your kids say something and you, you, you think you realize this is, this is from the pit of hell. They've heard something and this is not of God. Um, and then this, it's great to have a discussion around, where did you hear that? <laughs> do you believe it? Do you think it's true? Why do you think it's true? Why do you think it's not true, etc.? And then we ask this, but what does God say? What does God say about this? You know, recently I had a chat with Abigail about, as our eldest, about the confusion that's going on in the world about genders and about all these things that are so destructive in our community, in our society. And, and the question we had to ask ourselves, okay, but what, what does God say about us? What is, how, does, how did God create us? Amen? So that's the thing. How do we, do we replace those truths, uh, those lies with the truth of Scripture? And how do we actually speak that over our lives and over our situation? And then to, to be able to be equipped with those truths and those Scriptures we build up our faith, amen? And the, the scripture there in Romans 10 says that, that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So that's what's happening right now. That's what happens when we listen to the audio Bible. You read the scripture aloud or you, uh, listen, you, know, or you listen to a teaching or you, you're listening to the Word. And as you're listening, somebody's preaching or somebody's teaching, you're listening and your faith is being built up. You're being strengthened in your faith, amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And then also in Jude 20, we read that we build up our faith by praying in the Spirit. That's another powerful tool that God gives us to pray in the Spirit, to build up our faith and to encourage us that when we face those lies and those deceptions, we are able to discern this is not of God or this is of God. Are you with me? Okay, there's at least one person there at the back. Okay. Lacquer, everybody's still awake. I know it's hot. Okay, hang in there. Okay, so this is something that I believe is a good habit for us, just to, to, to memorize Scripture or even just to read Scripture, and then, but then to take it one step further to, to make that Scripture personal. Uh, last, time, last time I preached about this, we, we read a lot of Scriptures about what, what who God is. And that's another powerful way of, of just confessing the truth over your situation. It says, this is the situation I'm in, but this is the God who's with me in this situation. Amen. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the, 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 host of the, the commander of the hosts of heaven. He's, he's the creator and king of the universe. And just to speak those truths of who God is over our situation transforms the way we think about it, the way we relate the way we make decisions. Um, and the second way we do this is, to, is to, to, to take this truth of Scripture about who we are and to make a point of speaking that over our own lives. Amen? And that's really powerful. There's something, you know, if you read, in, and there's something that happens when we confess the Word of God out loud, when we say the truth 
out loud. And that's why when you read John Romans 10, it speaks about when we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and we confess with our mouths that God has raised Him from the dead. This power in our confession, when we say it out loud, this is what I believe. This is what the Scripture says about me. This is what the Scripture says about my situation. There's something really powerful that happens when we pronounce. Even if you have to stand in the morning in the, and look in the mirror and then say the truth of Scripture over yourself, guys. Maybe So some of us here, maybe if you find yourself in a space where you're contending for faith and you're contending for hope, maybe make a habit of this. Take a Scripture or two and speak the Word of God over your life. Say, this is what God says about me. You know, well, my kids are also at that age where you should hear the stuff that children say to each other. It's really hectic. We've got some teachers in the house. It, you cannot believe the hectic stuff that kids say to each other. Destructive things. Uh, I mean, stuff that I wouldn't even expect an adult to say to another adult. And, uh, and it's, you know, when your child comes home and they, you say, somebody said this to me, then you're like, my goodness gracious. And you suddenly you, want, you lose... You want to lose all self-control and go and minister to that, that uh, little that person with the fivefold ministry. Amen. But, uh, but then, again, I, I, I have to chat to my um, kids and say, okay, but what does God say about you? What's more important? What somebody says because they have an inferiority complex or what, what does God say about you? The king of the universe, the one that has created you, the one that has put you together in your mother's womb. What does he say about you? Amen. Uh, so I've, I've, I've got an exercise for us to practice. Uh, are you hoping you're going to sit and just relax tonight? But we're going to practice now, okay? Is everybody awake? There at the back, sort of? Okay. So we're going to read these, these thoughts. They are paraphrases of these scriptures. We're not going to read the bits and brackets, okay? That you, can, you can take that reference later and go and read the scripture. But just going to read the truth of the word and then just go down the list and read it together. And we're going to proclaim the truth of the word over our own lives. Is that cool? Are we going to do fine with that? Are you ready? We're going to do it loud. Daneka, I want to hear you there from the back. Okay. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. I am loved by God and I am forgiven through Christ. It's not very loud at all. Okay, let's try. We're going to go for the second one. One, two, three. I am a new creation. The old has passed and the new has come. I am the righteousness of God through Christ. I am a co-heir with Christ. I have not received a spirit of slavery and fear, but of adoption as God's child. I have received everything I need for life and godliness. The same spirit of, and power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Hallelujah. I think if we do that for half an hour, we'll walk out of here full of faith. Amen? Because that's the power of the Word of God. When you start to speak the Word of God aloud and you start to pronounce the, the truth of Scripture over your life, something starts to change. Because this is, these are not dead words on a page. The Word of God is different than another book. 
The Word of God is alive, and it's powerful. And when you start to speak the Word of God, and you agree with the King of the universe, guess what happens? Something gets created. Truth is starting to manifest, and something is going to start changing on the inside. Are you with me tonight? Um, you know, the, even when your situation says differently, even when all your life people have told you you're going to never amount to anything or you, you, you whatever, you, you know, have spoken negative stuff over, over you, as you take the truth of the Word and you speak it over yourself, something is going to shift. Often we get stuck on what people have said over us or what people have spoken over us or negative stuff that people have said about us. We get stuck there. And if we're not careful, that thing becomes our identity. We start believing what people have said. You won't ever be a leader or you won't amount to anything or you won't ever be have your own business or nonsense like that. You know, it's the weird things people say. Sometimes we get stuck there. And, and I, I trust the Holy Spirit. If something is like that has been spoken over your life, He will just ring a bell right now in your mind, and you will recognize that thing that somebody said is not of God. And then you can repent for believing it, and then just get rid of that lie. Amen? Um, but when we confess the truth of the Word, something powerful happens, and, and that Word comes to pass in us. Amen? All right. So for some of you, I think this is going to be a good habit to take a couple of very key scriptures. This, these ones I just took top of my head. These are guys that have made lists of these scriptures, right? About who God says I am and who, what God says about himself. Go Google it, and if you need to confess those scriptures over yourself, go and do that. Amen. You know that, um, I don't know, I feel to share this tonight. We, when Anna and I wanted to start a family years ago, Actually, let's, let's go back. Before I was married, that was a long time ago, right? <laughs> Must have been around the year 2001. Yo, that's amazing. In any case, I was praying one day, and the Lord led me to pray for my family. Now, I was single. I did nothing on the horizon, you know, just kind of doing my thing. And the Lord led me to pray for my family and for my wife and for my children. And he showed me an image, uh, you know, of some children, and specifically of a boy with light hair. And um, and I was, and I was praying <clears throat> into the stuff that God was showing me into the person I was going to marry. And and then years later, when I was when I was married to Anna, we wanted to start a family, and we we struggled so lo such a long time, we couldn't fall pregnant. And we went overseas when we we joined the chauffeur team there in London, and there we could do lots of tests because of the NHS there, the, the medical uh, health service there, and the national health service, and then it gave us the bad news that said, it's not going to happen, there's stuff wrong, it's my side, lots of issues, health issues, they said, you can't have children naturally, and they gave me all the stats, and they showed all the test results, and they said, unfortunately, this is the reality of the situation, um, and that was obviously devastating news for us. And they said there are some things that you can do in terms of IVF and all kinds of procedures. But that to get that news after already, you know, trying for two or three years was quite devastating for us. Um, but then we were, we were faced with a choice, right? Were we going to believe 
the reality of the medical report. And I have the great, great utmost respect for, for medical science. But, but there was another truth that we had to consider, is the truth of what God spoke over us all those years before. And the, 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 the words that God gave me, what was it, 10 years before? And the images that he gave me. Um, so I had, to, I, would, I had to face this decision. Am I going to believe that this is the, the ultimate truth for me? Or am I going to believe that God's word supersedes anything else in my life? Can you with me? So I had to wrestle through that. And, um, and it was so amazing that we, <clears throat> the congregation prayed with us. And we didn't go back for more tests, and we didn't go for any procedures. <laughs> and, and there was a lady in our congregation that received a dream, and just it was just amazing how the Lord ministered to us. But, um, yeah, well, hallelujah, we have three ch children now. And, but the, I was just, I'm so encouraged that in those moments where we face realities that seem insurmountable, God, His truth supersedes all the other stuff. I mean, so if you... If you have realities that you're staring you in the eye or that you're facing mountains that you are facing, ask the Lord to give you His Word for your situation. And then choose to trust in Him beyond what your situation says, beyond what your circumstances say. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. Okay, let's go on. And in Second Corinthians 4, we looked at this also last time. And, and it says here that we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. So the image there is that this treasure that we have of the knowledge and the glory of God that, and the Spirit of God in us, it's, it's in, a, in an imperfect vessel. Okay, We are cracked and broken and we are not perfect. But the, the powerful image here is that because we are not perfect, the glory that's in us, that is Christ, the light that is in us is visible to the outside. Amen? And, and I want to really encourage you, for some reason we believe, we fall for this lie of the devil, that some, for some reason we believe we need to portray that we have got everything figured out as, as believers. Now, we, sometimes we think, okay, I, at, at work I need to have all my ducks in a row, and I must at least... At, it must at least look like everything is perfect because I'm a believer and th stuff must be go right in my life, okay? And somehow, somehow we think if stuff is not going right, I'm not representing Christ well. But that's not the truth. That's not the truth. God says that my, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And, and that's exactly the thing. When we, are, when we are vulnerable and we are being real and we are authentic, about the stuff that we are going through, that's when the glory of Christ is revealed. Amen? Not when we pretend, not when we pretend like it's all fine. When we pretend and when we make like it's all fine, then actually the glory remains hidden because, because we, we're not being real. Amen? So there's such a power when we're just being authentic and when we can be open with those around us and say, look, guys, this is what I'm wrestling through. This is, I'm, this is what I'm facing, but you know what? I have a hope that is in my heart. I have a hope. I hope in someone. 
And I have a hope in a God that has not let me down, not even once. And I have a hope in Christ that, that if I look over my life, that has been too many times that He has come through. There's been too many times that He has done miracles. There's been too many times that He has come through and He has provided that I cannot deny that His power is at work in my life. Amen? That is when the glory of God is revealed. Not when I'm pretending like everything is fine. There's this beautiful song by Matthew West. We sing it in, in church sometimes. It speaks of my story. And, and uh, what's his name? And, uh, that scripture that Philip read last time. But he was talking about our, us sharing our story with people, our testimony. And the, the whole purpose of our story is so that he can be glorified. He it's His glory in our story. And our pain, yes, we go through pain, we go through suffering, but there's a purpose in it. Amen? And even in the mess that we're sometimes in, in the mess that we feel like our lives are a mess and stuff is coming apart, then there's a message in that. So if you're finding yourself in that place, don't be discouraged. Don't take, a, a, you know, listen to the lies of the enemy that you're saying, no, you're not representing Christ well. Rather be real and be open and be vulnerable and allow the Spirit of Christ to minister through your life. Amen? All right. <coughs> okay. I want us to look at... Um, you know, often we, when you wrestle, we, you know, with God, or we... In our prayer time, we spend so much time on what's, what's on our heart or what's, what we're trusting God for. And often we, we don't stand still and say, Lord, what is on your heart? And what is your desire? And that's one of the truths that as we get into grips with the power of the Word in our lives, it's so crucial for us to, to align our hearts with what's on God's heart. Amen? And I um, just want to read this specific one here. From Second Peter, hmm, I've lost it. Just a second. Second Peter three verse nine. This is um, a New Living Translation. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think, because we do think like that sometimes, right? Why is God so slow? Stop be praying for this and. This is supposed to, this, I'm already, this, is, I'm, this has already been desperate like five years ago. <laughs> you know, I've been, you know, God is, God is late. You know, we feel like He's being slow, but this, this is not the case. He says, no, He's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everyone to repent. He's being patient. He's waiting for us so that we can come onto His page so that everyone, every single soul on the planet can hear His good news and has an, have an opportunity to repent, have an opportunity to turn to Him. It's not His plan for anybody to be destroyed. It's His dream and His desire for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. That is what's on God's heart. How can we, how can we align ourselves with the truth of who God says I am and the truth of what His purpose is for my life. Are you with me? And then secondly, just one of the, this one here in uh, Second Corinthians. This is the privilege that we have. 
is that we've been invited to fulfill the dream of God, the desire of God, the purpose of God in the earth. He chooses to work through us, and He invites us to be a part of His story, of His plan, and of His purpose. In um, 2 Corinthians 5, from 19, it says, That is, in, in Christ God was reconciling the, word, the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. This message of reconciliation He entrusts to us. And He's inviting us to be a part of that purpose and that plan. And you know what? Often, we are so busy, busy with stuff, right? Busy with life. And, and I've, I've found this, that if the enemy cannot cause us to sin or to run away from God or to be, you know, destroy our own lives through sin, then He doesn't give up. He just changes tactics, he says, okay, this guy is not going to run away. He's not going to become an atheist. So let's just make him busy. And let's just, let's just give him more work. Or let's prosper him in his job so he can just work like 20 hours a day. And he will have no time for anything else. But okay, I'm joking about this now. But that is, I've seen this happen. That, that if, yes, we're not, we're not atheists. We, we're believers. We're serving God. But we get so busy with so much that is not the kingdom that we get, that the enemy is just happy to leave us there in the corner, not active in the kingdom, not, you know, effective in any eternal sense. But we have this invitation from the Father to join His purpose and His plan, to recognize who we are in Him. And I believe that's one of the things we need to um, look out for, is when the enemy says that, has us believe that lie. Um, but you're not gifted in reaching out to people. That's somebody else's gifting. Or, or maybe your, uh, your personality, you don't have that kind of personality. I, don't, I can't speak to people about Jesus. You know? I, my, my faith is kind of private. Okay? I'm not talking, maybe not you guys in here, but lots of believers out there have this problem. All right, but uh, <laughs> have you heard this before? People say, no, but my faith is private. I want to challenge that, that thought because we, Jesus died for us and he died for his bride in the most public place and the most public way possible. How can we live and, and say that it's private if he's died in public for us? How can we live in private for him? Amen. So I want to challenge that thought. I want to, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to, to point out those lies that we believe that, that maybe God has given me other giftings. I'm not going to minister to people. I'm not going to share my faith. or I'm not going to encourage someone. <laughs> but I want to encourage us this, this evening that He's entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. doesn't matter what your personality is. doesn't matter what your job is or what your gifting is. Your gifting and your your personality, and all of that is meant to reach somebody that doesn't know God yet. Amen? And you know what? The person you're going to reach is different to the person I'm going to reach. And that's the beauty of it. Your story is going to connect with somebody else. My story will connect with somebody else. Where I, where I operate, you guys can't go, but where you go, I can't go there. But there are people there that you can reach. Amen? 
You, every one of us has got an invitation to be a part of what God is doing. So if you've believed some of these lies, I want to challenge you to believe the truth that you are the salt and the light. Amen? Mm, okay. Half an amen at the back. Okay. <coughs> Maybe it's the lack of urgency that's, that, that, makes us, that makes us a challenge. Let's look at 1 John 5. Verse 12, and this is something we're not talk about, we don't talk about often. We don't like to talk about hell in church. We don't like to talk about eternal damnation, all right? But that is the reality. We, all of us, doesn't matter where you come from, I don't care if you were, you were immaculately conceived or if you think you were, <laughs> all of us were born in sin, and all of us here were heading towards eternal death before we came to Jesus. Not one of us here was born um, was born again in the womb, all right? And all of us have been saved by grace. All of us have been taken far out of, his, out of darkness into His marvelous light. And I want us to encourage us with this one, uh, 1 John five twelve: Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's as simple as that. And immediately, something comes up in my heart that I realize that there are people in my life that do not have Christ in their lives. And the reality is that there is an eternal consequence, an eternal reality that they will face one day. Are you with me this evening? And that immediately it stirs an urgency in my heart to say, how can I minister to Christ to them? Are you with me? And then the second one here, John 3. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, because that's the reality. Without Him, we perish. Whoever does not have Christ will perish, but it says, should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit tonight that he would stir an urgency in our hearts. Amen. For those that are around us that do not have the Christ, do not have the Son of God in their lives. And I believe that there's that urgency that rises up in us that the love of Christ would compel us to get over our fears, to get over our insecurities, to get over our busyness, to say, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come in my family, in my friends' lives, in my colleagues' lives, in my community. Amen. And then finally, I want to read the scripture. We, that's part of what we confessed earlier. But let's read the, the bigger context here in Matthew 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand that it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
Have you guys seen, I suppose everybody these days, because of load shedding, we use these torches on our phones. But they're quite impressive, hey, have you seen? And you see, they're quite bright. Have you used yours? And you see, it's cool, eh? Can't you, can't you see it? It's disappointing. Eh? It's very bright. Can't you see it? <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> you can't see it because there's already light here. There's, there's light already. Amen. So the scripture, what does it say? You are the light of the church. No. We are not the light of the church. The light is needed where there is darkness. The light's not needed in the church. Amen. And we somehow we are afraid to go to where there is darkness. We come to church and we bring our light. But God says, you are not the light of the church. You are the light of the world. And there is a desperate world out there that is in darkness. And that is in need of the light that we carry with us. Amen. And I, I really trust that the Holy Spirit will stir in us an urgency to not only recognize what God has put in us, but give us boldness to go to places where there was it. You know, I, I remember in residence at, at Varsity, you know, you, you face with all of this darkness, and I, I, I was so overwhelmed. I, I was struggling to relate to a lot of it. And only later did I realize that I, I don't have to try and fix it, all the issues, but I can just be who Christ has called me to be in the midst of the chaos. I don't have to. I have all the answers. I don't have to try and fix all people's issues but I can be right there and, sh and be light and salt in that chaos in the midst of what's going on. Amen? In the same way, maybe your workplace is challenging. Maybe there's darkness there. Maybe there's godliness there. Maybe in your class or in your community where you live or maybe there's ungodly stuff happening. But know that God has put you there for a reason. Amen? You are the salt and you are the light. We are the light of the world. When you put a city on a hill, you can't hide it. I want to encourage us, if you believe that you are not able to minister to people, that's a lie of the devil. Go in the morning and know that you are going into a dark place, but the light of the glory of the, of the King of Kings is on the inside of you. The same spirit, the same power that rose Christ from the dead. Amen. Our kids are in a Christian school, but I tell you what, they are broken people. There's darkness there in families that have come to the school because of other issues that the kids are struggling in mainstream schools and they come to this little school and their kids are flourishing. So there are many families in the, in, involved that are not Christian. And I've realized that, you know, you think it's a Christian school so I can relax, but it's not like that. There's such a powerful testimony when we minister the truth of the gospel in, in real-life difficult situations that families are facing on a, on a daily basis. I want to encourage you, be bold, because the light that God has put in you is real. Amen? Yeah.
So, yeah, God has not called us to be light here. <laughs> he is already, there is light here. Praise God for that. <laughs> Amen. And it's, I mean, I'm not saying don't come to church. Please don't get me wrong. Please come to church often. But the real place where the real difference is made is when we are bold in how we live in the darkest places that God takes us. Amen. Sometimes it's un, it's a weird situation. This, when I was traveling back from the Cape Town, I took an Uber to the airport. And what a great time we had. I chatted with the guy. We prayed together. I was encouraging him. And I just realized right there, the light of the power of the gospel was shining into somebody's life, into somebody's difficult situation. And the Lord could encourage him and and he was so grateful. So, you know, so, so we don't plan always. We don't know what's happening. We don't know who am I going to run into. But don't underestimate the power of the presence of God in your life. Don't underestimate the power of inviting somebody into your space for, your, for a coffee or for a sandwich or something. It doesn't have to be fancy. But inviting somebody into your space where they can experience the presence of God. He's called us to be the light of the world. Amen. Let's stand this evening. We're going to pray together. The band can come to the front. That would be great. Thanks so much. I believe as a church, we are, we are decent at making disciples. Amen. And the uh, Lord has gift, blessed us with tools and with ways of doing things that have been found really effective. But I believe that God is calling us into a season where we will not only be effective in making disciples, that we will be effective in saving souls. Because those two can't go without each other. Amen. There's only so many disciples you can make if they're not more disciples coming in and more people being saved. I believe He's calling us to a place where we have an urgency to see the lost come to Christ that will bother us so much that there are open seats around, seats around us that we will bring people where we need to go to bring people to come and experience the presence of God. I'm going to meet with Him. Amen. Um, so, yeah, as I was praying before, I felt this some of us here that need to <clears throat> renounce and just be aware of some of the lies of the enemy maybe in terms of that the enemy has convinced you that you you're not really good at administering to people or maybe you're not like i was saying before it's not your personality to to witness to somebody or something like that and i really believe that the lord wants to deliver you of that of those lies and it wants to give you a boldness to be yourself, but to be light. Amen. In your own way. So for someone, meet what might mean like my, like my wife, she will bake something and she will take it to the neighbor and suddenly the hearts are open. Their hearts are open to hear. They open to receive something from us. Amen. So it's just our gifts work in different ways. 
but don't underestimate when you step out in boldness and you step out in obedience what God can do. Amen. So I believe there's some of us that need to deal with the fear of man that keeps us, when we want to share something or encourage somebody or we want to testify something at work, we think, what, what, people, what, will they, what will they think? What will they say? Or will they be offended? <clears throat> I really believe God wants to take that fear off your life. Amen. And then also, some of us, I saw that it's as if we are stuck in that comfort zone, like, um, like the word that we had earlier about that place that is not where God wants us to be, but it's comfortable. Of bad news for you, but also good news. God has not called us to live in a comfort zone. You know, all of us are growing in our faith. We are growing to be more like Christ. And the, the, the tough part is there's no growth in a comfort zone. Zero. A growth happens outside of the comfort zone because there's change that needs to happen. Amen? So I believe some of us need to decide tonight to step out of the comfort zone. The comfort zone could be too much work, could be something that it's, it's so much, and that busyness or that work I was talking about could be that as well. In other words, it's, it's, it's taking over so a big part of your life, but you are happy with it like that. I believe God is calling us out of that. And then <coughs> I also felt um, there's somebody here tonight that's been hurt in a relationship uh, is experiencing pain and disappointment from a relationship, and I really just feel God wants to minister to you. Um, I just encourage you, if that's you, just also come to the front uh, just now. And I believe there's somebody here that's, that has a, not a great relationship with your dad, and it's been even been destructive in some ways, um, and it's having an, having an effect on how you relate to God the Father. And I really believe God wants to minister to you and bring restoration and healing and allow you to see Him uh, as a Father. Okay. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.